You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 157 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here in this mini-sode with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? Um, I'm okay, thanks Valerie, yes. Every, I have to think about it every time, don't I? I know. I just, well, it's because, you know, I don't want to just do that thing, you know, when people say, how are you and you're fine? Or busy, that's, whatever. That's I don't want to okay. do that. I need to give you a thoughtful response. I appreciate I come up with, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our mini-sode. So in between our regular programming where we have our full episodes, we answer listener questions because so many people have been emailing us with their questions about writing and publishing. Of course, if you would like your question answered in an upcoming episode, then email it to us. You can do that podcast at writerscentre.com.au. So you just email podcast at writerscentre.com.au. Now we have a question from Kay. Well, shall we get struck straight into it, Al? I think so. Let's yes. just roll straight on in there, Val. Okay. So Kay has said, hi, Val and Al. I love the podcast. I have written around 40,000 words towards the first draft of a YA novel, which is set partly in Melbourne and partly in Oxford in the UK. I'm also in the research stage of a new idea for another novel, which is set almost entirely in London across two different time periods. So far, my research has all been online and whatever I can find in libraries here in Sydney, but I'm fast running out of resources and I'm wondering if you think a research trip is essential. My feeling is it would not only give me more sources of information than I can find here, but would likely give a richer and more realistic feel to my writing. However, as my husband points out, it is a big financial investment to make for something that, let's be honest, might never get published. Is being on the ground and immersing yourself in a place necessary? Are there any other alternatives I haven't considered? Oh, because good questions. Mm. Very good I'm question. Throw to you, Al. I knew you'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say that I wish that a research trip was essential because I would like to also go to Oxford and London, and perhaps I could come along as your assistant. Um, I look. I, it's one of those. It's a. It's a really interesting question to answer because yes, I do feel that being in a place gives you a real, a, a much more of a sense of what that place is like. So you get a feel for it that you don't get from researching online or in books or any of those sorts of things. Like I've been to Oxford and I can tell you that it's a fantastic place and it's one of those places that you go and you can feel the history, you know, climbing out of the walls practically. Mm. Um, So, yes, being there is a wonderful thing. Um, Is it essential? I wouldn't think so, Um, Mm. disappointingly. (laughs) 
Mm. I wouldn't think so. Um, like I know many, his, you know, many authors who write about places that that they don't go never to, to. Um, yeah. that they've never been to. Um, I have one friend who sets books in New York and uses Airbnb as a mm. as a resource tool for like what apartments look like and and you know Google Street View will show her you know what the street looks like at the moment and all of those sorts of different things. So yeah. It's not essential. It probably is going to give you a more realistic feel. But the focus of your book is always going to be on the story. Um, So let's not lose sight of that because I think the other difficulty can be that you go somewhere and you get so enamoured with it and writing about the place that you forget that there needs to be a story set in it. Um, Now, books that I would say that have an amazing sense of place um, include Hannah Kent's books and I know for a fact that she did go to both of those places to write her books um Mm -hmm. so it can give you that inside track of the it's the feeling of a place I think that you can't get from anywhere else um so you know research trip would be awesome is it essential for your first book I don't you know i I I sort of tend to be with your husband a little bit there. Um, I think as you get more established, it might be something that you can um, afford to do more maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Valerie? Oh, well, I'm pretty much in 100% agreement in that, I mean, yes, in theory, it can make the words richer, it can make the story more realistic, but it might not. It mm. all boils down to the writing because you mentioned, Al, that you have a friend who, you know, went to New York, has set books, or no, has has not. Did your friend go to New York or not, didn't go to New York? No, I didn't go to New York. Didn't go used, to New York. No. Okay, but, used, but has used Airbnb. Yes, Airbnb. That's right. and, Whereas and, I know like, in yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Um, whereas I know an author who has been to New York because her books, some of her books, have been set in New York and I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that the places that she's used the descriptions in any richer a way than if she didn't go to New York because there's mm. so much that's known about New York in the same way that there is a lot known about London and Oxford potentially. Um, I, I, we've interviewed authors who have set their books in places of unrest, you know, whether it's in Syria or wherever, uh, and so they're not going to go there, but what they've done is use Google Street View, as, as you've mentioned. Um, you know, I've spoken to authors who have set their um, books in Antarctica and they haven't gone to Antarctica, so <clears throat> or who have set um, their books in mining towns in, in the remote areas of Australia. Um, I think I was speaking to someone who did that and what she did was she hadn't been to a mining town in the remote area of Australia, but she knew somebody who did. So she spoke at length to that person to, in order to be able to paint a picture. So it, it does boil down to the writing uh, as well. Yes, it would be fantastic if you could, if we could go for a jaunt off to Oxford and, and if you can sort of combine it with some other family trip, then that's fantastic. But I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. You could also combine it with a writing retreat slash literary tour, such as Kate Forsyth um, yes. does every year. Yes. She goes to Oxford and the Cotswolds, and I know she's going again this year, so that might be something that you could look at doing. Um, yeah, it would be for me something, as you say, that you would combine perhaps in, into something else. And the other thing that you can do as far as, you know, trying to get that sense of place, you're reading a lot of memoir set in 
yeah. those places is a great way to get a view yeah. of it. But you have to look at the time periods carefully because people do, you know, places change over time. And what, you know, if you're setting your, um, if you're setting your book now in a contemporary sort of place, then it's not much use in reading about it in the 1960s. So you need to be looking yeah. at contemporary works that are set in those places. Um, that that can be a great way to get a real sense of a place as well. But as you say, talking to people, interviewing mm-hmm. people is is another really, really good way. You're getting sort of that because what you want is a personal perspective on a place, I think. Yep, fantastic. Mm. All right, let's move on to our next question, which is from Frustrated and Crushed. So we won't need his his actual name, his his pen name or his name for this purpose is Frustrated and Crushed. Mm. One can assume that he is frustrated and crushed. Mm. Not a good start. All right. No. So he has said, hi, Val and Al, your podcasts make me smile and are always good for a belly laugh or two throughout the work day. I'm not a full-time author yet, so I'm having to redact legal documents all day while daydreaming that my debut novel will somehow skyrocket out of obscurity to the top of the bestseller list so I can devote more time to book two of this trilogy as well as plan other odds. Believe you me, I recently worked alongside a few published authors who are enduring the same drudgery I am. Um, now, he, she, he refers to a similar uh, question that we had in a previous mini-sode about um, an author who um, felt that she her idea was stolen. Now, he says, I too feel as though I have been scooped, this time by a best-selling author. And like the woman that we featured before, this has bothered me since the moment I discovered the situation last July. I, I'll say in advance that I do not see any legal recourse, but I just wanted to get this off my chest to hear what the two of you have to say about it. In December 2013, I began drafting my spy thriller and finished a first draft six months later, which I registered with the Copyright Office. Against my better judgment, I had queried several agents, including a junior agent at one agency whose senior agent represents a best-selling author and got rejected, as in frustrated and crushed got rejected. A year later, after several revisions, I resubmitted the query to the same agent and got rejected again. Last spring, after I had workshopped and edited the work and incorporated several beta reader comments, I felt it ready to post to Amazon. So I had a graphic artist on Fiverr create a cover for the Kindle ebook version. Finally, at the end of July, I uploaded the book to Amazon. When I did a search to make sure my upload took, I saw a pre-order listing of a book with the same title by the same best-selling author. Interestingly, this book was also marketed as a spy thriller. And what do you know, one of the main characters in her book shares the same first name with my protagonist. Honestly, as a clueless American father, I had never heard of this author before. But when I asked uh, my bookworm daughter about it, she confirmed that this author was the same one who wrote a successful YA series that in turn became successful movies. I was mortified. I had to be talked down off a ledge for a week. I felt violated not necessarily by the author, but rather by the agent. It was as if this agent leafed through the agency's slush pile and floated the suggestion to the author over a lovely lunch in New York. Is this common practice in the business to undercut aspiring authors by stealing their ideas in hope that the author gets intimidated and decides not to publish? It seems very diabolical and underhanded to me, and I am angry that I cannot do anything about it. It was my hope that my book could become a movie someday, but as it stands, everything this best-selling 
best-selling author writes ends up becoming a movie. The other side of it I live in fear is that I live in fear that this best-selling author's people will come after me with potential lawsuits or threats. Should I worry? Um, I guess I just need to hear from you how I should look at this situation so I can move on to other projects. Sincerely, frustrated and crushed. Now, I also asked frustrated and crushed, you know, whether he's read the books so that he could tell us whether it was the same plot and stuff. And he said, honestly, I tried to read it. I really tried, but for one, I couldn't devote the time to it. And what I did read was bogged down by excruciatingly detailed and unnecessary description. I did read the synopsis of the book from various reviews, so I know what it's about. I don't remember the last name of the male protagonist character, except that the first name is Daniel. The plot is different. So Frustrated and Crush says the plot is different. The, the female protagonists in both books, however, happen to share the same profession. Yeah. Hmm. That's okay. That's All right, Val. like a, a thriller in itself. This, it is. This whole so story. you threw the last one to me. I'm throwing this one to you, Val. What, okay. what are your thoughts on this? Well, I guess we need to figure out what the main question is. Um, from frustrated and crushed and uh you know i i guess frustrated and crushed is saying is this common practice in the business um you know does it happen etc now there are there do seem to be a number of um coincidences that it's gone to the same agency that it is a spy thriller and that the protagonist's name is daniel no, and I didn't get that at all. I got that the titles were the same, that the female protagonist's name is the same, but that Daniel, no, I think Daniel is is the male protagonist in the other book. Okay. That's, that's – So I, okay. got, I got the titles the same, the plot is different, and the female protagonists in both books happen to share the same profession. No, no, he said one of the main characters in a book shares the same first name with my protagonist. Okay, sorry. So there's there's that, Daniel, as well as the female protagonist sharing um, the same protagonist. So it's only the same first name. Yes, Okay, sorry, my, my apologies. Yeah. Sorry, that's what happens when the questions are long. I, I tend to <laughs> – sorry. So, um, and yes, there are some coincidences, but um, to be honest, if you have not read the book, Frustrated and Crushed, you haven't got a leak to stand on. Um, you need to read the book if you want to draw more parallels because the thing is they are definitely coincidences, age, same agency, spy thriller, um, Daniel and prota female protagonist's profession. Um, but if you watch any episode of Law and & Order and then CSI and then, you know, NYPD Blue or whatever is on which is days. essentially our only legal qualifications sorry. in this matter <laughs> sorry uh, shades of blue you will find i guarantee you a protagonist with the same name probably jack a female protagonist with the same profession maybe a lawyer or mm -hmm. a forensic psychiatrist or a um especially if it's a spy thriller the head of the counter-terrorist unit like at the moment, even Miranda Otto, she's on 24 Legacy. And previously to that, she was on Homeland. It's a totally different show, but essentially she's playing almost exactly the same female protagonist, but they're mm. completely different shows. It's there are there are trends in in stories. So it it's 
just the fact that there's the uh, the female protagonist with the same profession, someone with the name Daniel, the, it's in the genre of spy thriller and there's the common agency connection, isn't enough of a coincidence. Well, particularly I, when the plot is different. Yeah, and the plot like at the is end different. Of the, at the end of the day, we come down to the fact that the plot is different. Mm. I mean, he even says that. Yes, frustrated and crushed has said the plot is different. So I think that um, they are coincidences, but coincidences, unless there's more to the story that we haven't been provided with, unless there's, you know, more detail that uh, of, you know, um, that there are more things that are the same. The, the things that are the same aren't that, you know, aren't that, Earth shattering, to be honest, mm. yeah. Mm. So, and and the main thing is the plot is different. So you can just write, you can potentially change the name of your main character from Daniel to something else, and already there's something different. There's already um, that is taken out of the equation. If you've got a totally different plot, then your story will stand alone by itself because it's not the same plot. There are countless books in the thr- spy thriller category, so it, just the fact that it happens to be a spy thriller is not that, you know. But the fact they have the same title is is one of those things. Um, I think that if you uh, Google pretty much any title, um, particularly in that genre, you know, mm. there's, there's going to be – there are books, there are different books called the same thing all the time. Like, Counterattack or strike force or you know there, there's so yeah. many books that with, with those sorts of generic names yeah I don't know what the title is because um, frustrating crush hasn't provided it um, but I do think that this is something that certainly would should make you uh, investigate. Uh, for sure but n- now that you've investigated and discovered that the plot is different, I don't I don't think that there mm. is an issue. And you say that you're, you live in fear that the best-selling author's people will come after me with potential lawsuit threats. They can't because the plot is different. That's right. <laughs> and so I mean, so Kate Forsyth and I, just as, just on the character thing, Kate Forsyth and I, bought both of us bought our adventure fantasy series, Hers Have Magic, Mine Does Not, um, in, a, in September, October 2014, and both of them – have a character in them called Quinn. It's the main male protagonist in my series Mm. and it's a female, you know, one of the main female protagonists in Kate's series, both called Quinn. And it was just, it's not because we talked about it. It's not because we, you know, there was any sort of agent. There was no, it's just one of those coincidences. And I thought it was quite amusing that she had a female and I had a male, both with the same name. So, you know, there are, there are such things as coincidences. Like I think it's interesting that, you know, as you say, they both went to the same agent. Um, it's, in answer to your question, is this common practice in the business? No, it's not at all. And I and I would say that, you know, for the most part, and in fact, you know, generally speaking, if you're dealing with a legitimate agent, in a, a reputable agent, um, then it wouldn't be practice ever. Uh, yeah. So I think it's... You know, I know it's one of those things for aspiring authors. They're always terrified that someone is going to steal their idea. And mm-hmm. we talked about this a few weeks ago in our mini-side. And the, the actual uh, reality of, of that happening is minuscule, really. 
yeah. generally speaking. Absolutely. So, and mm. there really aren't enough parallels. I'm, I'm afraid uh, that's not what you might have wanted to hear from us, frustrated yeah. and crushed, but it's our honest opinion. So mm. um, we hope that you have come back from the ledge. And, we do. and you know what? It, I would just be getting someone else to read both and give you their yeah. honest opinion yes. about what they think the similarities actually are between the yep. two books. I think that would be really worth doing. So, you know, you're obviously struggling to get through the book. So perhaps give it to someone else to get through the book for you and actually tell you what they think the similarities between those two books are, because I think that would uh, perhaps give you a better leg to stand on as well. I mean, as you say, you haven't actually finished reading the book, so mm. it would be worth getting someone to do that for you I think yeah definitely mm. um anyway good luck with it and yeah, we hope that you continue because I don't think that this should stop you I think that it's a totally different book from the, the information that you've given us and um yeah it shouldn't stop you I encourage you to keep on going all right. Well, if you have a question you'd like us to answer, then do email us uh, podcast at writerscentre.com.au. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. You can find uh, any of the show notes at soyouwanttobeariter.com.au. And in the meantime, we'd love it if you connect with us online. Where do we find you online, Al? Uh, you'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. Uh, you will find me on, where am I? Facebook <laughs> Facebook and Instagram at alisontaitwriter and you'll find me on Twitter at, at altait, A-L-T-A-I-T. Oh, and one thing, um, yes. I've, I'm sort of in the process of doing a, a nice little redesign on the mapmakerchronicles.com website, so I would love it if you would go over there and have a look at that website. I do have a separate website for that particular series, um, and I'd love your feedback. So, you know, maybe check it out for me and tell me what you think. Awesome. And you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's uh, K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, also feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. <laughs>